Welcome to Oh My Menses, a digital space dedicated to all things menstruality, periods, hormones, and cycle-informed living. Join me, Corinda, naturopath and fertility educator, as we explore topics that we probably don't hear about enough. From stories of menarche, birth control, and common period problems, to menstrual shame, sex, fertility, and the moon, if it's about the human female experience, I probably talk about it. This is a place of sharing, remembering, learning, and unlearning, where we come together and reclaim our cyclical power. So sit back, relax, let's all connect with our wombs, and remember our brilliant cyclical nature. Hello, welcome to a drop dose of Oh My Menses. Today, I just wanted to quickly drop a little bomb on ya, <laughs> and that is to say I have changed my tune on fasting and women and hormones. So quick little backstory, probably 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, four years. For a lot of that time, I saw a strong benefit, didn't necessarily feel, but saw and theorized a strong benefit in intermittent fasting. And granted, this is also at a time where I was a lot more focused on my body composition and I was more focused on going to the gym and all that kind of stuff. And I was working in a health food store and I was getting to know all these supplements and I was completing my Bachelor of Health Science and I was learning all this information. And it just seemed like the word on the block was like fasting good. Intermittent fasting, amazing. Wouldn't be a reason why you don't recommend it to someone unless they were like severely ill or pregnant. During the during the lock, what we dub the uh, the lockdown years here in Melbourne. During the lockdown years, I was exposed to a lot more pro metabolic nutrition advice from people online, um, qualified nutritionists or naturopaths, where it was sort of like the opposite end. The narrative uh, shifted to the totally the, the opposite end of the spectrum where it became it became clear that like, hey, intermittent fasting hasn't been thoroughly scientifically tested on cycling females, females with a menstrual cycle. It's mostly been tested on men and the benefits have been derived from studies on men. And we need to be thinking about women's eating and fasting very differently. And that's absolutely valid. But then it sort of translated into you need to eat more all the time. (laughs) And and look, I'm, I'm, that's butchering the message. I found that a lot of this information also coincided with a sort of anti vegan or plant-based diet kind of mentality where it was like breakfast is two to three eggs with a side of bacon and turkey with some um, lard, (laughs) like just full on, very focused on like the benefits of animal fats um, and not making many judgments on that right now. (laughs) But it was just, yeah, it was this message of like, eat more, make sure that you're snacking between meals. Um, And there's a a lot of good info that came out of it as well in the realm of... um, protein-focused eating, healing the narrative that fats are the devil 
so sort of restoring that beneficial relationship of understanding fats and how important fats are for our hormone health. Very true. So lots of good things that came from that. And so my advice that, you know, I, I, I don't hate to admit it, but I am admitting that a lot of that information and my research into that information shaped how I, one, how I would live and eat myself. And two, the advice that I would share with clients. And it was probably only a year or two where I was quite strongly on that bandwagon of like women always need to eat more um, for their hormone health to repair their hormones. It's always a matter of eating more. Um, And obviously quality of foods and kinds of foods obviously comes into that equation. And I can't believe it took me so long (laughs) to sort of get off the yo-yo of being on either one end of the spectrum full on into intermittent fasting and potentially (laughs) exacerbating the symptoms of PCOS that I was experiencing at the time or being on the other end of like eat more all the time um, for your hormone health um, and eat more saturated animal fats and sort of maybe lose track of like um, being aware of how much I was consuming, right? For the sake of my hormones. It was all for my hormones, right? (laughs) And potentially messing with my blood sugar. So I was on these two ends of the spectrum and it took me so long to just come back to the middle and go, hang on. (laughs) What's the biggest thing I preach? Ah, menstrual cycles. What else? Ah, that we're not the same person every day of the month. What else? Ah, that we literally have a different physiology, a different metabolism in our different cycle phases. Ah, so what does that tell us? Ah, maybe fasting has benefits for humans, regardless of gender. But maybe we need to consider what phase of the cycle the female is in when we're thinking about doing fasting or not. And so after a good couple of years of not recommending fasting for women, I now see that there is still absolutely benefit to intermittent fasting. It just needs to be done at the right time of your cycle. And now before I say anything else, I'm going to shout out, um, Ooh, is she a doctor? Let's find out in real time before I start throwing abbreviations in front of people's names. She's not a doctor. Cynthia uh, Thurlow. She's a nurse practitioner, intermittent fasting and nutrition expert. And so it was only a couple of months ago where I deep dived into Cynthia's work and listened to some amazing podcast interviews with other renowned uh, hormone doctors, mostly based in North America. Um, And was like, oh my God, fasting. (sighs) And this is especially because... In a world where PCOS is on the rise and we know that PCOS or PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is strongly linked to blood sugar regulation and insulin resistance. And that is incredibly affected by what we eat and how frequently we eat and how our body is metabolizing what we eat, which is informed by our hormones as well. (laughs) Like it's full circle. And so essentially, this isn't going to be a full in-depth, like how to fast with your menstrual menstrual cycle. This is just cliff notes. 
essentially during menstruation, no fasting. No, that is a time where your body is actively losing blood and therefore nutrients and it needs as much nourishment as it can get. And the guidelines I learned were a little bit more um, loosey-goosey where it was like, oh yeah, from day two onwards, like you can, you can go into intermittent fasting. I don't agree with that. I think we need to give a little bit more time there for the estrogen to start rising. In the follicular phase where your estrogen is on the rise, your metabolism can handle taking in less calories. Your metabolism can handle maybe not eating first thing in the morning. Now, my general rule is that I still recommend breakfast within 60 to 90 minutes of waking up. But again, depending on where you are in your cycle, that can be tweaked a bit. So your follicular phase is more resilient when it comes to eating a little bit less or having a a longer, a longer window of not eating, essentially. When you get close to ovulation, uh, you do need to put a cap on how long you're fasting for. And I think that cap was at 14 to 15 hours. No, um, don't stretch out your fasting window for more than 15 hours. And that's because the hormone load is quite big and we don't want to put more stress on the hormones as estrogen reaches that peak. And there's a lot of hormonal activity. We don't want to put more stress on your body when it's already got the job of making sure those hormones are metabolized and eliminated properly. So that's just like right in the ovulation window. So that's going to be different for everyone. But if we're looking at a textbook cycle, that's going to be between day 13, day 16. And then early luteal phase, there's a bit more flexibility with being able to fast. But we need to be keep in mind that with the rise of progesterone, you need more calories. There's You have a faster metabolism. And I think for so long we've associated, we've associated faster metabolisms with um, thinner people and losing weight. And like, oh my God, fast metabolism is so good. Fast metabolism actually means that your body is turning over nutrition faster and cellular activity is happening at a faster rate. And therefore you need more nutrition to keep up with those processes. So progesterone, the hormone progesterone that's only present after you ovulate increases your caloric demand, how many calories that you need. In that first week after ovulation and into your luteal phase, there's flexibility there. And this is where I think it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. Some people might find that they have a bit more resilience and that they can they can continue their intermittent fasting. Some people might really feel their metabolism taking it up a notch and going, I can't, no, I'm, I'm getting a little bit wired or strung out when I when I skip breakfast or when I do my 15 or 16 hours of intermittent fasting, got to widen my feeding window. So that's the early luteal phase. Then we get into the late luteal phase. And that's a time where progesterone, if it hasn't already, is definitely going to be reaching its peak. It's going to slowly start dropping off the closer you get to your period, but it's going to reach its peak nonetheless. And this is where fasting really shouldn't come into the picture. We should be focused on three meals a day, balanced, holistic, protein-based snacks if we need. This is also, and keep in mind, this is also going to be very dependent on your activity levels and how much energy you're exerting. It's not going to be the same for everyone. And that's not just physical energy, that's also mental energy, right? 
But essentially, late luteal phase, again, if we're looking at a textbook cycle, that's like 20, uh, day 21 onwards until you get your period. Fasting should be out of the picture. And then you go into your bleed. Fasting still doesn't come into the picture. And it's only when you stop bleeding and your estrogen starts to rise up again, your bleeding starts to taper off, that we can go, okay, let's reintroduce the fasting. And the wider context of this is that I would generally only recommend this to people who have a clear um, picture of metabolic dysregulation already. And that might be PCOS, that might be excess weight, uh, that might be uh, blood sugar dysfunction, that might be higher level of inflammation. That's affecting a lot of different symptoms. There's a lot of reasons to do intermittent fasting as a female, but we just need to keep the cycle in mind. And again, I'm a little bit embarrassed that it took me four years of being pro-intermittent fasting in a blanket sense, two years of being pro-metabolic in a blanket sense. So about six years, took me six years to be like, oh, menstrual cycle. You know, Corinda, that thing that you apply to literally every other part of life? (laughs) Anyway, we got there, we got there. And now I get to share the information with you. And that is my little dose of Oh My Mensies wisdom for you today. I imagine that this might spark some questions. You are welcome to email me, but remember tailored advice is only uh, available to people who are working with me one-on-one just so that I make sure I'm covering my duty of care and not giving you advice without knowing your full history and having had that time together where I can really get to understand your health picture. But I hope at the very least I have provided you some threads to follow on your own to do more of your own research and uh, just invitations to connect with your own body in that customized, tailored way, cycle-informed way. Take care. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Oh My Menses. If you have a special request of something you'd like to hear me talk about or you have any questions that you want to ask me, please drop me a line at hello at corindaholistics.com.au. I would like to acknowledge the land and country on which I live, work and create that of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I honour their connection to land, sea, flora and fauna across this country. I pay my respects to the elders of these communities, past, present and forthcoming.